This is Will Baker, president of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, our podcast series, Turning the Tide, Saving Chesapeake Bay. I'm joined by CBF senior scientist, Dr. Beth McGee. Welcome, Beth. Thanks, Will. Welcome back, I should say. (laughs) We've had you a couple of times. So we're going to talk today about federal funds to help farmers in the Chesapeake Bay install the kind of best management practices that reduce soil runoff and the loss of nitrogen and phosphorus into the water, which is a systemic pollutant of Chesapeake Bay. Right. The federal farm bill is the granddaddy of all federal funding for a variety of agricultural interests. And not just agriculture, but, for example, food stamps also fall under the federal farm bill. It's, a, it's what I guess you call an omnibus bill, mm-hmm. which in, involves a lot of things. So before we get into the current piece of legislation that's been introduced by local senators and members of the House of Representatives that uh, tries to assure that as much of the federal funding will come to the Chesapeake Bay as possible, First, tell us why putting these practices in place and what are some examples of those practices can help Chesapeake Bay water quality and and the rivers and streams that flow into it. Sure. So first of all, the the biggest pollution source feeding the Chesapeake Bay is agriculture, both for nitrogen, phosphorus, and sediment. So it's also the second biggest land use. So not to point fingers, but the reality is if we're going to save the bay and our local rivers and streams, we need to reduce pollution from agriculture. And the biggest land use is forest land. That's right. So and so forest land and then agricultural land in terms of uh, sheer acreage. Right. And agriculture of the total pie of pollution entering the bay is the largest source, which is not unusual seeing as it's got so much of the acreage. Right, right. It's also one of the more cost-effective ways we can achieve pollution reductions. If you look at the costs of implementing practices on farmland on a pound per dollar basis, our money goes a lot farther if we do practices on farmland. So it's cost effective, it's a big pollution source, and for that reason it's it's one, really one of the ways we need to save the bay. And, and these practices are good for the farmer's bottom line because they generally keep soil, topsoil, on the farm. Right. And they're also good for the economies of local communities because the practices require people to put the practices in. That's right. So things like we're talking about things like conservation tillage where a farmer won't plow his land but rather leave the residue on the land can help build the quality of the soil, can make those crops less susceptible to drought, sometimes can increase yield. So definitely helping their bottom line. Um, In many cases, we're talking about planting course along streams, which means a farmer has to take some um, some land out of production, but the benefits to the local communities in terms of better fishing, better recreational opportunities, even to farmers themselves having a better quality of water on their farms is is also helpful. The nurseries which supply the, tr- the, the trees, um, fencing cattle out of streams, again, requires um, all sorts of um, uh, consultants and things to come in. And We'll talk a little bit later about technical assistance, because one of the things farmers need is the technical assistance to help them put these practices into place. It can even have uh, manure storage sheds 
and uh, pads uh, rather than just uh, uh, raw dirt uh, in, in uh, areas with livestock. So there's a lot that needs to be done over the 64,000 square mile Chesapeake Bay watershed. And the states have been putting money into conservation practices for farmers throughout the watershed. But the big funding source and what is often what the states are using their money to match is the federal source. Tell us a little bit about the federal farm bill and how it's authorized and how it comes up every five or six years. Sure. So as you said, it comes up about every five or six years. Um, the last, I won't say the last one, but the one that really benefited the Bay region was in 2008. And, and that during that time, we were able to get a part of the conservation dollars in the farm bill dedicated actually explicitly for Chesapeake Bay farmers. You know, we worked hard on that as well as Chesapeake Bay Commission and other partners, but so we were very successful in that. And that on average resulted in about $50 million per year, additional conservation dollars going on the ground to do the practices that we just talked about. Um, this, this was back in the days of quote unquote earmarks. That's right. So, uh, but then earmarks became taboo. And so in the 2013 farm bill, which actually uh, was implemented in 2014, uh, there was a new program that was created that included this Chesapeake Bay program um, initiative, but was called the Regional Conservation Partnership Program. And the idea was uh, there were areas across the water, across the country that would be designated at, as critical conservation areas for a variety of reasons. Uh, the Chesapeake Bay region was one of those. What could be more critical for a conservation area than the Chesapeake Bay That's watershed? Right. That That's was it. the intent, right? That's right. Unfortunately, if you look at the map of the critical conservation area, it includes almost the entire country because it also included the Mississippi, a good part of Louisiana, and probably the only states were missing sort of the northeast. So the the uh, so we were competing with all those other regions as well as every state um, on dollars for that because it was actually competitive program, unlike the Chesapeake Bay Watershed Initiative, which we just got dumped into our laps. In 2008. In 2008. When it was, quote, right. unquote, an earmark. Right. Now, at that time, was that money uh, uh, a large share of the overall conservation funding in that farm bill? I don't know what proportion. It wouldn't it, have been. It certainly the, wasn't exclusive. No, funding, it wasn't exclusive. But so it was. It was, a, a, it was definitely a bump up over over probably other parts of the country. What we thought would have been fair and equitable right. for such an important watershed. That's right. Right. And so the language that was written into the 13, 2013 bill was to try to uh, create the same benefits for the Chesapeake without the mandatory concept of an earmark. That's right. And how did it do? On average, as I mentioned in the last Farm Bill 2008, we got about, on average, $50 million a year kind of you know, ramped up and then ramped back down. Um, what we believe now, we're getting somewhere around $13 million per year. So, so in the current bill, we've, we've gone from somewhere in the neighborhood of $50 million down to $13 million for the six states in the Chesapeake Bay watershed. That's right. So turn the clock up to today. So, and what are the efforts and who's working on it? So we looked at um, the current implementation of the existing program, not just the dollars, but also how it was how it was implemented, um, how you apply for those dollars, uh, technical assistance, which Will you mentioned is really important. That's boots on the ground. That's hand holding of farmers, helping them implement the practices that we need. 
Um, there were some issues with how technical assistance was um, implemented in the existing program. And so, so we worked with, um, with, with congressional members, particular, in particular Senator uh, Van Hollen, to try to make some tweaks to the existing program that would try to address some of the deficiencies that we identified. So to write language. Right which would go into the farm bill, which will be negotiated over the next 12 to 18 months, I suppose. Actually, well, the existing farm bill expires September of 2018. September of 2018. Um, Congress doesn't always pass it. Right. If it if it doesn't pass it, historically, they have just ex extended the last farm bill, but it does expire in September of this year. So we expect um, activity to occur, you know, starting in the new year and going through the summer and hopefully with something tangible being passed in the fall. So in the next year or so, Congress will debate with all the competing interests that have uh, a stake in the farm bill, how that bill will be written specifically. And thanks to Senator Van Hollen and Congressman Scott, Senator Van Hollen from Maryland, mm -hmm. Congressman Scott from Virginia on the House side, and a number of other uh, senators and House members, bipartisan, mm -hmm. They have worked um, with, and, and we've, we've worked with their staffs to draft language that we hope will be as beneficial and as specific for the Chesapeake Bay watershed states as possible. Right, without naming the Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> <laughs> without looking like an earmark. That's right. So, um, so as you mentioned, it will, the idea is that this is a marker bill. It would be inserted into the bigger farm bill program, we would want um, our, all our elected officials, our, all our congressional members in this region to support it. Um, one of the reasons why we were successful in 2008 is because we did get bipartisan support and those members were willing to sort of bond as a group and say, we want this provision in there. And when they bond together like that, it's a fairly high number of members that are willing to go to the mat on a particular provision. And um, it, it always took me a little while to understand this, how you can have legislation introduced that is never viewed as a piece of legislation that will be voted on itself, but will actually be incorporated into a larger bill. Right. So the bill that Senator Van Hollen and Congressman Scott have introduced is called the Chesapeake Bay Farm Bill Enhancement Act of 2017. Mm -hmm. And there's information on our website about this bill it has a number on both sides of the aisle, the House and the Senate, a number of um, uh, other uh, uh, senators and congressmen who have supported it, as I say, bipartisan. Now, that, that language is only to be used as a, we, as you said it, as we, I said it, a marker to try to then incorporate into the larger farm bill. Right. And what we hope it will do will be to provide the farmers, the uh, farmers in the region with cost share monies mm -hmm. and to do the kind of practices that, that are really being shown. And, and ha we have clear metrics that they're being shown to actually reduce pollution coming into the Bay. That's right. And we have, the, we have a couple of uh, projects right now in the region that are being implemented. CBF is actually leading a couple of those. One is actually in Maryland, uh, where we requested dollars to support farmers who wanted to transition to rotational grazing, for example. So we have almost a million dollars that if you're a farmer and you want to implement grazing on your property, here's some dollars for you. So the program, you know, is working. Um, we have gotten some dollars, but we want more dollars and we want it to work more effectively for the partners on the ground. 
So explain this to our listeners, um, how CBF is inserted into the, pro- into the process. There is a current farm bill in place. There is funding for conservation, uh, albeit not as directed to the Chesapeake Bay as we might have hoped. What's CBF's role? And, and, and these are um, uh, monies that are competitive. You right. apply for them. Right. T- describe a little bit about the process. So they're competitive, but it's not a grant. So in this case, uh, the Bay Foundation got together with partners, decided what, we wanted, what money we wanted to request, what the practices we would want to put on the ground, work with local partners. That's conservation districts. That's University of Maryland, the Natural Resource Conservation Service, which is the federal agency, to put up a proposal that says we want to fund these practices in these areas. So for the grazing, it's mostly Western Maryland. The, the Bay Foundation coordinates all that, writes the proposal, submits it. No money comes to the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. It goes from, from NRCS to farmers. And NRCS is? The Natural Resource Conservation Service. So they're the federal part, entity on the ground. Part of the United States Department of Agriculture. That's right. And so it's a, sort of a thankless job for the Bay Foundation, um, but we do it because we're committed to getting as many resources to our farmers as we can. Now, now, thankless. No, we're getting it to pollution <laughs> reduction. We are. You'd like to get a little bit of that <laughs> no, overhead you pro- for your department, I know. Probably. But, yeah, but this yeah. is that's 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 an interesting point. Is yeah. that the money never runs through our books, but we're the ones that are applying for it, doing the negotiations, writing the proposals, and then uh, facilitating the flow of those funds and ensuring, to the extent we can, that they get. Uh, utilized well and effectively. That's right. You mentioned one because it's recent in Maryland, but we've done similar programs and projects with partners in Pennsylvania That's and right. Virginia. That's right. And, you know, one of the benefits of the program is it forces partnerships. You know, it's called the Regional um, Conservation Partnership Program. One of the criteria that the USDA looks at when they're evaluating proposals is, are you partnering? Are you bringing together all the stakeholders? So it is in that regard, it has been, I think, successful. It, it has created partnerships probably where they haven't been before. But again, I mentioned some of the issues, particularly surrounding getting dollars for technical assistance from NRCS to local partners has been one of the challenges we hope will be addressed in the revised legislation. I just want to focus on that technical assistance again for a second, because it is so important. I was with uh, CBF's uh, Pennsylvania Executive Director, Harry Campbell, the other day, uh, having lunch with Chris Thompson, who is the Lancaster County conservationist. And he was describing just what you said. He said, I, I, I've got a certain amount of resources to help farmers put practices in place, but I don't have enough resources to provide them with the technical mm-hmm. assistance because this isn't just doing simple things. Right. It, it's doing things that require soil testing and good agronomic practices and expertise, just as any sophisticated industry. That's right. And that's that's a, a real need as well. So Beth, I, I take it this has a lot of support from the regional governors. It does. So recently there was a letter sent to Senator Van Hollen expressing support for the legislation. It was signed by the Chesapeake Executive Council, which is the governors of the Chesapeake Bay watershed states, as well as the mayor of the District of Columbia and the head of the Chesapeake Bay Commission. So a, a lot of a lot of regional support uh, acknowledging just how important this funding could be. 
So credit where credit is due. Senator Van Hollen introduced the bill and was joined by Senator Cardin from Maryland. In Pennsylvania, Senator Casey is on the bill, but not Senator Toomey. So Senator Toomey, if you're listening, we'll hope you'll join uh, with the others. In Delaware, Senator Carper and Senator Coons, Senator Capito and Senator Manchin from West Virginia, Senator Kane and Senator Warner from Virginia, and in New York State, Senator Gillibrand, but not Senator Schumer. So Senator Schumer, if you're listening, we hope you'll join. And on the House side, Congressman Bobby uh, Scott from Virginia introduced the legislation. Congressman Whitman, Congressman Sarbanes, Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton, Congressman Conley, Congressman Brown, Congressman Hoyer, Rupersberger, Raskin, McEachin, Cummings, Rochester, Delaney, and, and Comstock are also all on the House side. So this enjoys a tremendous support right now. We need to get all the other congressmen and senators from the watershed states on the bill and really pushing hard as the farm bill is negotiated to see that this language remains in the bill. This is um, an effort that's going to continue for at least the next 12 months, probably longer. We're going to keep our website up to date so all of our uh, listeners and members can uh, stay informed. And we need to keep the pressure on to make sure this language gets into the bill. And then once the bill is in place, if we have the language, it'll be important to keep the pressure on the administration to realize that the Chesapeake Bay is an area that needs these conservation dollars. cbf.org slash farm bill is where you can get all the information. cbf.org slash farm bill to learn the latest on this important piece of legislation, which really could give a shot in the arm to Chesapeake Bay restoration. Beth McGee, thanks very much for joining Thank us. Thank you. We'll have you back again. This is Will Baker, president of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. Tune in every two weeks for our podcast series, Turning the Tide, Saving the Chesapeake Bay. <laughs>